It's Tuesday, August 9th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Campbell, and Aaron Bewley. It's episode 260, and we have a fun guest with us today, an old friend, Mr. Dan Platinum, Daniel Platinum. Daniel, do you get offended if people call you Dan? I have a strong preference towards Daniel. Okay. Dan it is. called him Dan then. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've known Platt for... We're going to say 20 years now. And I don't think I've ever actually used Daniel to refer to him ever. Once. <laughs> well, that's, that's the way it should be with friendship. You have a really cool <laughs> nickname like Platinum. In my, in my phone, he's Platinum. In fact, right now on Telegram, it just says Platinum. And then there's a, you know, there's a, there's a picture of Platinum there. So it's just, it's amazing. Is, it, is hey. it a bar? Like a bar of Platinum? Let me uh, an F-150 Platinum. Let me tell y'all something. So we've been we've been off for about a month. Well, uh, regular listeners, you'll know this. But insane! I just logged back into Anchor.fm, where we manage this. The last week before we left, apparently people are just like they can't get enough of us. We got fifty percent more plays in that week than we have ever at any peak. Before we left, I, I think I just logged in and there's this can. massive spike. I think they can get enough of us. Just you to think, be, just to be yeah, clear, okay. just, so, just, just so we're know. just so we're being real. Well, be cool, my babies. <laughs> yeah, be cool, my babies. We're back. We're back. So, okay, um, let me hit you with this day in tech history, and then we can talk about whatever fun stuff y'all want to talk about. Okay, you got you thinking. You're guessing hats on. You ready for this? The diesel engine patented in the United States. Where else? Duh. August 9th, U.S. Patent Office awards patent number 608845, 608,845, to Rudolph Diesel. And I kind of wish I was one of his descendants. Uh, For his diesel internal combustion engine, what year did this happen? Man, that's... It it's it is before the eighties. I feel pretty confident about that. <laughs> Which eighties? Well, <laughs> that's a that's a good point. You know what? I'm gonna throw a lot of eights at this. I'm gonna go 1888. Oh, 1888. Interesting. Okay. Uh, diesel, diesel, and six hundred. That really. Uh, I'm gonna go like 1918. I got to have an eight in there after that. Okay. Daniel, what you got? <laughs> Man. Well, I, I know the gas engine was invented in the late 1800s, and I know the diesel was invented a little bit after that. Uh, I was going to guess around the 1920s, but that's too close to Tyler. So I'm going to say 1931. Mm, I think Russ wins this one. 1898, right before the turn oh, of the century. Oh, nice. Only in the Tech Breakfast podcast challenge where it's okay if you go over sometimes. <laughs> Tyler, come off it. That was never a rule. <laughs> never a rule. It's it, closest. I, I'm it's under. Societal bass. No, you you killed it this time. It's not closest out. without going over. It's just closest. Okay? <laughs> That's the rule moving forward. All right. <laughs> uh, there's been a ton of tech news piling up since we left a month ago. Uh, anything catching y'all's? Catching y'all's eye. Uh, I have to. I have to come back and follow up on a previous episode. Okay. I don't know which episode it was. It's probably in the notes somewhere. Uh, but we did talk about the announcement probably about a year or more ago of the Steam Deck. Oh yeah, mm. and, and you got one. I did. So I no immediately way. pre-ordered. The there's three different versions. It's like a 64 gig, a 256, and a 512. The difference in the 512 and the 256 is that it's NVMe. Additional difference in the 512 is that it's an anti glare screen. So I got the one that's the 512 with the anti anti glare oh, screen. You, yeah. I and, you know, it. I just I just, I did a thing, and uh, so but I pre-ordered this. You put five bucks down, you know, the like ten minutes after you could possibly do it. And they started going out to reviewers and early reservations in February of this year. I got mine like three weeks ago. Uh, it just I, I literally, I started uh, 
you know, I started my computer up, Steam jumped up and said, hey, your reservation is ready. You need to get this within the next like eight hours or something like that, or it is going to the next person. Uh, and so, you know, obviously shortages make it difficult, but I do have it and I want to talk about it. In fact, another Please person do. can give a slight opinion on it because Platinum saw it yesterday. Nice. My, um, my first question, do you have a Nintendo Switch? Can you compare it to that for me? Because I have one of those. I do. In fact, I have a Switch and I have a Switch Mini. And we'll talk about that. Um, so I'm, gonna, I'm going to preface this with, this is not... So, Buley, you have... Who, how old is your oldest daughter? 13. 13. So you, you have four kids, all 13 or younger. These are all facts. I do not believe that this is a device that you could just take out of the box and hand it to, I want to say, Reagan, who's your oldest. No, uh, Reagan's Kennedy's my second oldest. oldest. Yeah, second Kennedy's oldest. Who's the oldest? Kennedy. Reagan's 10. Kennedy. Kennedy's, Kennedy's 13. Yeah. I don't think you could hand this to Kennedy and she just go log into Steam and start playing games. Like in general, it would work. She plays on Steam all the time. What's there, different? There, there's an element I'm all of defensive here, requires I'm a little bit in my of chair. tinkering. I'm leaning forward. And this is this is what I told <laughs> Platt yesterday. It's like you can't hand this to like a 12 year old and just be like, here you go. Just like you can't a switch. Yeah. But but maybe a 15, 16 year old who's been playing PC games, tinkering with things, because it is a it's a device that you do tinker with. But I in will tell ways? you that in in like a year, that may change. And so let's let's talk okay. about it a little bit. So this Okay. This first off, if you talk about the hardware, so the, the the hardware itself, Daniel can can give his opinion. He held it yesterday. In my opinion, is the best handheld hardware I have ever held in my life. Now what are the squares is, below wow. the joystick. What's those are like? Thing. Are they touchpads? Those are like um, touchpads. So you can use like them as like mouse-like function. Or? Oh, wow. yeah, you, I mean, you can push it as a button. You can also kind of move it as like a mouse. In fact, some people use this instead of joysticks for like aiming or turning functions or whatever else, because you do have multiple nice. different control options. So there's there is a myriad of different control options, like even competitive types with buttons under the device itself, which sure. is something you would get in like a competitive controller for a console. Oh, dude, what there's four. You OK, I'm sorry, dude. I keep interrupting you. I'll, I'll you're, shut up. You're fine. There's two two shoulder buttons and then there's two like pinky and ring finger buttons That's yeah crazy. those are the ones underneath it which i'm you would I can find imagine in, like keep going you know how you know how um madden got so much more complex the more buttons got introduced to controllers this is just madden gonna be crazy decade, well i'm just saying it did yeah i haven't played it in that oh. long forever but so that's that's exactly right so buttons on the under part of the controller have been around for a hot minute. Like my, I have two different Xbox controllers, the elite control, I have the elite and the elite two, both of which have paddles underneath them. Um, there are brands of, you know, competitive controllers that, that do this and have done this for years. It's a major part for like, think about in halo when you're trying to jump, aim and shoot all at the same time. But a was your button, right? A lot of people move that to bumper jumper. Well, now you can also, run, crouch, reload, do all this without ever taking your hands or your thumbs off of the thumbstick. So that's like a major contributing factor. Well, they've built all of these different variations into the system and it's very solid. It that's is awesome. a little heavy and the battery life isn't that great. But what this thing represents feels to me the, like the first time that I held like a Game Boy in my hands in the 90s and was like, am I actually able to play Mario like in my car while we're going somewhere? Like it's the Dude, closest thing to that, even though it, it actually looks like a, a new age Sega game gear. Uh, but the thing about this is so fascinating is they have taken something that I know to be incredibly complex and bordering on not working and made it work. And that is Steam OS, which is what this runs, is a Linux based operating system that takes and runs games in your Steam library that are not made for Linux. And that Whoa. is the key here. Yes, woe is the appropriate way to respond yeah. to this. So like for instance, Rocket League used to have a native Linux client. That has, that has gone away since Epic made the acquisition. They don't develop for it anymore. I played Rocket League on this with my nephew 
he played on a switch. I played on this and we played for like two hours a few nights ago and it ran perfectly fine. In fact, the experience was dramatically better than on the switch, which Daniel actually experienced a little bit yesterday for multiple reasons. One, it ran better. Two, the the can it's more comfortable to hold for an adult because it's it's a little larger, more ergonomic, and it has full size thumbsticks, unlike the switches, which have very small, short, stubby thumbsticks. And so, all of these things make it just as comfortable to hold as like a traditional Xbox or PlayStation controller, with but then with almost infinite possibilities of what you can do with it. So this runs Arch this Linux underneath. Yeah, dude, the Sorry. whole freaking thing is crazy. I, 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 I know I, I got to reserve one of these, man. So I just saw it has a it has an internal gyro, so yep. uh, uh, an IMU, so inertial measurement unit. So it looks like like when you put on a I got to say the name right a, a Meta. Am I going to say it right? Am I going to say it right? A Meta Quest. Yeah, not an Oculus Quest. A Meta Quest. Okay. Oh, okay. Headset. It's like VR, but well, it's like VR, but on a screen. So not. But anyway, what I'm trying to get at is when you move the the um, the the steam deck around the hands in the environment move around um accordingly yeah and you, like, you could aim with your gyro like some yeah. people do that with some things i mean it, it literally has outside of that's insane I, mean, it, I technically does have this but like you can use almost any type of control function to use this but what what's even more wild is I mean, you could load windows on this if you wanted to but i don't believe that's its future there's a lot of future aspects of this there's a lot of investment that we're expecting from valve because so far this thing is fairly successful so the early reviews in february they weren't great they were like well they were actually it's not true they're mixed they were like they said hey this is incredible hardware the idea is solid but it's not ready like it's a it's a beta it's just not working well fast forward you know whatever it is now call it six months and it is an order of magnitude literally so assume ten thousand times better than it was in february it like hmm. so many things that I said that I read don't work, do work now. And I never even noticed them until I heard they didn't work before. And that's because they are updating this thing like crazy. And Daniel and I talked about this yesterday. Daniel, I don't know if you have anything to elaborate on this, but there's, you know, Valve has in the, the index, which is a VR headset. There's a possibility that they build a VR, like a standalone VR headset out of this. And the possibilities of what they can do with this software, especially a year or two from now is going to be unreal because they're even about to have Halo Infinite is working in the experimental mode right now, including for online play with anti-cheat that is built to run inside of the Windows kernel. Consider that's that insane. for a moment. Yes, it is absolutely yeah, insane. Not... So as a longtime Linux user, as many on the show know, I don't play games on Linux in general because there's a lot of things that aren't supported, don't work, can't be done. This thing is showing that it absolutely can. And I'm I'm just thoroughly impressed with it. And there's it's pretty clear that Valve has a long-term support plan here just based off of things in the community in general. But if you even look at the stuff that hasn't been a financial success, Steam Link, um, the Steam Controller, which was a radical idea for a controller, They've updated those things as recent as the last six months, and they've been end of life and end of sale for several years. And so the likelihood of this being supported individually for a long time is almost a certainty, but it even seems like based on the success rate they're getting, how quickly they're developing and making this usable, I think they're going to, I think we're going to see a Steam Deck 2 one day. And I think they're going to build an ecosystem out of this, which they've, they've stated they want to do, but we're going to see VR headsets, you know, we see Steam Deck 2, we're going to, in a year from now, you'll be able to hand this. You'll be able to, I think in a year from now, you could actually hand this to Reagan, who I mentioned earlier, who you said is 10 today and will be 11. And yeah. I think she will be able to use it. And that's this, what I believe is incredible about this device. The more I scroll on its website, um, I'm just, I'm impressed with every little thing it shows off. Um, it, it can be used as a PC. It shows this guy, he's got it sitting in the dock, connected yep. to a monitor, keyboard and mouse, playing a game. And then, you know, just alt tabs over to a browser uh, to look up some, you know, character features or something and then back to the game. That's insane. Um, we were talking about this uh, awesome. in the TBP community, wherever we were just talking about various things. And I was like, man, it'll be really nice whenever the Steam Deck gets like official support for streaming applications. And I don't mean like Netflix. I mean, 
Xbox cloud gaming and right, Stadia right, right, right. and you know all these different things. Well, right after I said that, I was like, well, this is Arch Linux. I know Linux. I bet I can make this work. And so I literally went and plugged it into my USB-C dock for my work, the, the same thing I'm sitting on right now for my PC. And I switched it to desktop mode, which is just a button within the UI. There's no special things that you have to do to do this. Like it's full access, full transparency to the system, which could be a problem if you go break things. But huh. it, you got, I, it connected my keyboard and mouse, my, mon my dual monitors. And it was just, it was an Arch Linux system, very similar to Arch Linux that I run on my laptop that's directly to my left. And so I installed uh, two different web apps to do Stadia and to do Xbox um, cloud gaming, which neither actually worked very well. And largely it's because of Xbox doesn't work well in general for the cloud gaming and the Stadia side, I need to do some control mapping. But then I had downloaded a Linux application from just the, the normal, we'll just call it the app store because Linux tends to have these. And I downloaded this for what is commonly used in Linux to do PS remote play. So PlayStation remote play. I also got a PS5 since we last did this whole thing because I, I, I had an opportunity to. And I, wanted play, and I wanted to see if I could get this going. I have played Gran Turismo for probably two hours, Gran Turismo 7, while my daughter was sitting there watching a TV or watching a movie on the TV in the media room, which is where the PS5 is. And I've streamed it to my Steam Deck and it worked and felt almost as though it was native. And that happened because I was able to go in and install a Linux application that works with PlayStation Remote Play. I added it to Steam. So I, I undocked it, put it back into the Steam Deck game mode, which is your more traditional like Nintendo Switch type of interface. It shows up there. I click on it, launch it full screen, and then it just goes and connects to my PlayStation and I can control it and play my games or do whatever. It's wild. That's awesome. So Let's between that, retro gaming, gotta, the, the native gaming, it just has an endless amount of possibilities for what you can do with it. Yeah. So I, I have a, another call. I got to jump on in two minutes. But here's my here's my reaction. So I did get to play around with it a little bit yesterday. The, the build of it felt super solid. Like Russ said, um, seeing the, you know, Valve's history on, on supporting uh, new hardware has been pretty exceptional. And then I posted a link in the TVP chat on, uh, I think they did a partnership with iFixit and someone can correct me on that if I'm, if I'm wrong and full of crap, but I think they, they actually did an iFixit partnership where they have a bunch of guides and uh, you can buy like the, the exact pieces from iFixit to fix anything on the Steam Deck. So I love that they went down that route. So if you, if you buy one, you, you can feel good about it. Um, Whereas I know the Nintendo Switch isn't quite as uh, quite as friendly on no. on fixing things yourselves. Um, <laughs> and and the last thing, just in uh, one of the other comments, is there's certainly, in my opinion, a very great path forward for Valve to jump into XR with this device. Um, you know, getting the cooling down on on a device that has this much horsepower is an amazing feat in and of itself. And certainly XR headsets need that same uh, that same capability. So I think they've got the right team to pull off an awesome XR headset with this, with the foundation they built on the Steam Deck. And uh, I haven't experienced a, a Steam uh, XR headset yet, but uh, I, I, hope, I hope that's coming soon. <laughs> Get in there, co-develop it. Yeah, no, yeah. that's awesome. Dude, it has everything yeah. though. You go down the list, uh, all the types of connectivity you want, um, even even touchscreen enabled, 400 nits brightness, 60 hertz refresh rate, seven inch diagonal screen, uh, 1280 by 800. Uh, it's got a headphone jack, all that fun stuff. I'm telling you, man, it is. It, it, I started off initially thinking to myself, I was like, ah, oh, this will be kind of cool to play with. And now it's a, in a, in a lot of sentiment, if you look on Reddit or reviews, things like that, they, they all kind of say similar things. They're like, this is for the person who is technic technically inclined today. And it will always be an unbelievable device for, for those types of people just because of its versatility. Like you can play games, you play games from the 90s on this thing, you know, that are on Steam or, or whatever it That's might be. Awesome. And you just have a lot of like backwards compatibility and just the ability to play stuff just through this incredible software development that they've done with Proton, which is what enables all of this steam literally is translating the windows calls 
um, through Proton, which is backed by Wine, a project that was always used to run Windows applications on Linux. Uh, they've just done it way more successfully. Like I've tried to do Wine before myself, like manually configure it and run games. There was always some issue, some weird glitch or the performance didn't work well. That is not the case with this. Like I have ran Automobilista 2, which is like a, you know, a sim racing title. Uh, you know, I've ran, I, I played um, the Halo-like game that we play, Splitgate. Uh, Splitgate, Split I played oh, multiplayer yeah. on Splitgate, no problem. And like, I was, a, I mean, I was able to compete playing Splitgate on this thing. Mm. Uh, so it's just, it's just stuff like that is wild playing Dirt 4. I mean, you know, it's not the most powerful system, but like you're playing at 1280 by 800, you can run low to medium settings and it's going to play anywhere between, you know, 30 to 50 or, you know, frames per second. You can get 60 on some titles, but you have all sorts of control over it. Like you can set refresh rate changes, frame rate limits, like in the Steam UI cool. so that it, it locks yeah. it in the game. It's just so much control. It's it's wild. So I'm really looking forward to the future of this thing, not just as a gamer, but I think, I really think that making PC gaming portable, in addition to like access to all of these other services, like streaming services, et cetera, it's just going to make this, I, I think it's going to be wildly successful. And, I, and well, I don't think that Valve has ever been wildly successful with like a hardware product yeah. before outside of the index. It, it sounds like it will open a lot of doors to all kinds of mobile application use as well. Not that you need, you know, another PC-like device with you, but as far as gaming goes, content delivery in general, I mean, that's one of the biggest gripes I feel like the community that uses Nintendo Switches has is that it's not, it is non-trivial to get something like Netflix or even just a local video player, which is right. disappointing considering it's a handheld with a good decent screen and usually has plenty of uh, you know storage or storage expandability. You know something that's as openly available as a Linux distribution, you should, you should be able to do all of the above if and when ever. Plus, you can dock it. I mean, yeah, that, that sounds pretty incredible. Yeah, for those I of also kind of think of this as like, an, like, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to make a comment about the uh, the processor. Uh, it's an AMD APU, an accelerated processing unit, which means it's they, they used to call it a fusion. That was the was the name that they had for it, but basically it's a CPU and an integrated uh, GPU on on a single die. If you're curious about the the proc on it. Yeah, Sorry, it's, in, in in many respects, you know, you old some some consoles have been built that way over the years. What I was going to say is like this also kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Raspberry Pi. Uh, I think that there's going to be an element of tinkering and learning, especially mm, for, sure. for kids that can come from this that, you know, as I, I will That's tell you, get it, it right there. Oh, yeah. Just because you said so it's going to be difficult for, for younger kids to get it. I want to get it and hand it to them and say, I figure this out. Yeah, I want to give that okay. to my six year old. I, I wow. highly maybe, encourage maybe my it seven year old. My six year old might just take it apart. My, my seven year old. <laughs> I would love to figure it apart. Would. Figured out. I would love to be proven wrong because I want it to be because I think it's going to get there. But I also think there's this is this is a soapbox of my own. But in my opinion, it is I think that like freedom of computing is incredibly important just in general. And I think being able to do whatever you want to with these types of systems is important, uh, especially long term. I think learning Linux is a valuable thing, especially whenever I hear things like, you know, you would say that 22, 23 year old people don't know what a folder is in windows nah. and yeah. that is insane to me and i also it's think real. it's irresponsible is that real it, it, no it is real it's a real thing like they, they could not navigate to like the documents folder and find a file the only way they could find it is by searching and well, I, I will say windows made in that some more respects difficult. why they have that when the latest version of windows has made that a little bit more um, challenging, but yes, they want to force you to use the search bar, right? Windows. Not necessarily. I, I it's point. not, it's, it's actually not an issue with windows. It's an issue with like Android and iOS where there's no concept of a file system. Well, you're well, saying it's an issue there with is the one, people. people. You're saying it's an issue with the humans, the young humans as well. Well, they've not, it's not even necessarily their fault. Like, they're yeah. not exposed to it. You know, like this is something that I think learning this is important in the longer term for a myriad of different reasons. Uh, privacy and security are definitely one of them, but just like the amount of inventiveness that comes out of things like this, the Raspberry Pi, et cetera, is important for ingenuity, people starting businesses, things like this that a lot of people don't, a lot of younger people feel like that they are shut out from because of 
one reason or another. Maybe that's college debt or the hand they've been dealt or the economy. You know, for, for people our age, the economy has exploded like three times since we've become adults. So it's like, when do you get ahead? And a lot of people struggle with that. The three of us have been incredibly lucky in this regard, in many respects, not saying that we didn't earn what we did, but there's luck there as well. And I, I believe that stuff like this is important for like awakening that inventiveness that whenever I was putting together 12 different broken PCs into one to make them work, sort of unlocked in me to ultimately do things that I do today. And so that's that's stuff that I think stuff like this is important for those reasons for, for kids in general. Yeah. Dude, I love it. I'm trying to reserve it, but it's it just is sitting here spinning. I'm wondering if the, oh, there we go. It finally went through. Get That's it. sick, man. Uh, it also says if, so if you like what, what Russ is spitting here and you're thinking about getting one um, as a gift for anyone, it says it will arrive if you order it today sometime in Q4, October, November, December. So plan ahead and act accordingly. That's not bad, but it will be, I mean, obviously if you're looking for a Christmas gift, uh, you might want to order it the moment that you're listening to this podcast. So yeah, today, pause it. Cool, man. Uh, what else we got? What else do you want to talk about? That was very educational. Uh, I'm just looking on the internet. Mark Cuban said something and uh, it made some people angry, which I respect. I'm always a fan of that. Mark Cuban <laughs> said that buying virtual real estate is the dumbest bleep ever. Um, as metaverse hype appears to be fading, um, which I'll be completely honest. This is one of those things where it's like, I'm, you know, super, I have lots of digital assets and whatever else, but like, I, I don't buy my counter-strike skins with the intent to make more money on them. Although technically I would be able to, if I sold them all now, cause they have gone up because inflation affects everything. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, I, I also would struggle with the idea of going and buying land and people have been doing that. So that has actually been a thing in some of these digital worlds they've enabled like through like nft type of stuff to go and acquire digital real estate and uh mark is just calling it you know the way he sees it and i i tend to agree with him which is i just think it's insane uh but it could be a situation where maybe i have no idea what i'm talking about related to this because but i do feel like if anyone's going to i do kind of feel like i am because i'm fairly plugged in in those areas and i just don't understand where this could possibly go from a like digital realistic perspective i think that maybe i'm wrong yeah i think they're just testing the waters all over the place right now there's there's several people that are just bought in 100 percent going um or they they appear to be 100 percent um but there's also kind of i don't know if i'd call it the inverse but if you go check out on twitter at city dao d-a-o so at city d-a-o they are planning to build a new city in wyoming uh and they're using snapshot labs as government or as governance rather. So there's a Dow that owns 40 acres. Uh, there's a 40 acre parcel in Wyoming, which is not that big. If you're gonna try to build a city, um, 40 acres is is relatively small. Quite small. Um, yeah, you, like you can just, you can walk across it in uh, like a minute, <laughs> more than a minute, but a couple minutes. It's It's not that big. But yeah, I think there's just a bunch of, random stuff like this that we're going to see and some of it may get traction some of it may die off a lot of it will definitely die off i should say it that way um, but i mean it, it's hard to fault people for for trying things you know what i mean for experimenting hey, i'm, all for, I'm like, all for trying it uh i just yeah, think it's early like first... investment in this like like literally going in to what's what's the what's the one called decentraland oh yeah, is yeah, the, yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah, like going yeah. into decentraland now and buying, you know, a hundred acres of whatever is, uh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I that don't is know how I, they measure. It that. just seems too soon. You know, yeah. that's a, I don't know that's how they, question. I don't know if they do it in acres or if they do it in like pixels or what. Is there some, some sort of measurement for digital real estate, but you'll see, man, uh, I, I don't know, don't if, know. Ni if it was Nike, uh, maybe we can figure that out. Um, I wish we I mean, had we somebody could download Decentraland like, for free. So yeah, it's true. Yeah, I've I've actually done that. I messed around with it. Um, didn't ever buy anything. But you'll see companies that bought um that bought land, right? You'll have like uh, I don't know if it was Nike or not, but you'll for example, you'll have a Nike that puts up a store inside Decentraland, and then people in Decentraland can go into the Nike store and buy Nikes for their characters within Decentraland, and it's this whole. 
it's this additional revenue revenue stream. It's an additional business unit within uh, within a real world company, and it it is actually happening. And as much as as much as people will look at a game like Counter Strike and say, "I can't believe there's a market for skins for for guns," there's um, there's a market for virtual shoes in virtual land. You know. So I, I'm, I completely understand the market for virtual shoes and virtual land. I'm pretty sure I yeah. own like 18 pairs. The, <laughs> the thing that's interesting to me is like, and, and this is possibly just the natural evolution of, of what we're doing here. Right. But is sure you going, instead of going to a digital storefront, you're like traveling to a digital storefront. And there is a level of immersion that there are people out there that that's sort of the thing that they want to do. So like if you take world of Warcraft into an account, yeah, you want to go to the market. Well, the market is going to be at certain areas and certain cities there, right? Like you don't just open up the market like I would in Counter-Strike by XYZ thing and move. So I guess from that perspective, like if you're trying to take this up to another level, then and, 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 and include an external community that isn't just, you know, that isn't just the, the developer, I can see that there's maybe something there. I just think that it it just seems it's very interesting to me that it's not like access to a storefront, but instead digital real estate to go walk and do these things. But, you know, it's sure. certainly there could be a market there. I, I will tell you this. It would not surprise me in any way, shape or form if someone came to me in like 10 years and they're like, it's a trillion dollar market or whatever it is. Sure. That would not actually surprise me. I just, it's just something that's wild to me because Decentraland is like just this place that I, as I understand it, is a place to just go sort of exist. Yeah. As opposed to like a game to go and, you know, whatever it is, level up character, progress through what it is. There's a difference there that for me, it's hard for me to wrap my head around, but I I will not be surprised if it does turn into something. It just seems like right now, well, it feels kind of like NFTs to me, which Daniel and I joked yesterday. It's like the moment that you turn to NFTs. Yeah, um, it kind of means that your business, your original business plan, probably isn't doing that great. Um, I, <laughs> so, I don't know. Did see. you see? Uh, what's the book publisher? Oh gosh, there's a textbook publisher that did that. They're turning to NFTs. Uh, so when they sell you your textbooks, whenever you resell them after the fact to somebody else, they get 10% of the sale of the resale. Right, because they're like, how do we make more money if people are just going to resell resell the textbooks? Now, historically, they would create new editions, and then the teachers would require you to get the latest edition and all that kind of stuff. But it's crazy. I will say though, back on the Decentraland thing, though, um, I, and I and I I agree with you. I, I'm I fall on your side of the fence. I just try to present the other side of it too, because just for the sake of conversation. But you're right, though, is that it, it's just a 3D virtual world. Uh, browser-based platform. You go in, you hang out, you talk to people, whatever. Um, I will say with the the Meta Quest, my younger kids, their favorite thing to do is to go in. I don't know if you've seen Rec Room. Their favorite thing oh, yeah. to do is just to go into Rec Room and hang out and just like walk up to random people who are over in the donut shop and they're just throwing donuts at each other or they're you know playing ping pong with each other or basketball or just sitting there like pushing flower pots off the table or whatever um they just kind of walk around in this virtual world but i mean that's a little different than i don't know i don't know like does pepsi then buy decentraland and put up some some vending machines in decentraland for the for the you know the five and six year olds to get them, get them young. You know what I mean? Like that was, a, that was something that we, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So maybe that's the, maybe that's the thing, man. And we became wise to this in high school, you know, uh, like our school district is sponsored by Dr. Pepper or whatever. Right. Um, or you see it with Microsoft where all students get free access to word, Excel or whatever. Right. Um, so they grow up on it and then they become users in, in business and all that. Maybe that's the play. I don't know. Um, one other thing I wanted to say, um, you brought up Mark Cuban. There's not much tech related here, but or maybe there is behind the scenes. I don't know. But did you see his his um, cost Always plus drugs? Yeah, for sure. Always. Um, did you see cost I plus did. drugs? I did. Yeah. Um, which I will tell you has been. Uh, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put it out there in the wild because I have a. I have a business idea around that, but I. I think okay. that he's been tapping my phone. Um, and decided to just apply it to a different industry. And it's, uh, yeah, I'm just, all I'm saying is, is Mark, if you're listening right now, you and I need to talk. All right. Probably about a couple different things. Uh, but right now, I don't know. 
feeling like you owe me something. Just saying. <laughs> oh, I'm down for starting something. You know, if you just want to skip right over me, though, I get it. I get it. He's got a little bit more capital, uh, a little bit more experience. So yeah, I just thought that was interesting. His brand isn't as good. So you know, I, need you, <laughs> I need you for the brand. But yeah, you see the, the the price of drugs in the United States versus anywhere else in the world. And it's yep. 10x, 100x, 1000x, whatever. Stupid. Um, and it looks like he's he's targeting bringing that bringing that back down. So very simple business. I think, it, model. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's great. Uh, I will tell you, I, I just, I you know, look, I'm not a medical expert. In fact, I'm probably the furthest thing in the world from a medical expert. But my wife is one, and I have learned so much about the medical industry and its amount of control that it doesn't have over itself. And what I mean by that is, and I don't even mean regulatory bodies, I mean insurance companies. And it is wild the amount of control that insurance companies have over care and cost. And that extends to every aspect of it. And I just, I've just grown and I've just struggled with this many times. Uh, as I've, as I've, like, to give you, let me give you an example of what I mean by this. My wife managed, um, it, the last thing that she did for work was she, she managed MRI, x-ray, CT, outpatient centers. So like, you know, radiology centers. Whenever you go, you of course present insurance if you have it. And, you know, your insurance covers a portion of it or all of it or whatever that might be. What's interesting is, is that if you don't have insurance, there's usually what's called a cash rate. And that cash rate, depending on what you're doing, you can only get if you don't have insurance, meaning that if you went there with insurance and asked for the cash what? rate, there are circumstances with which you can't get it. And you want to know why you can't get it. This is where it's going to blow your mind. Uh, the reason why you can't not get beneficial it. to them. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's not it. The reason I swear to you, it, the insanity, the it won't make sense is because the insurance companies do not want you to pay the cash rate. They want you to pay their rate, which is higher, which you're not paying to them. They're the ones paying. So the insurance companies that literally fight tooth and nail to avoid paying medical bill, bills, Aaron, I believe you can relate to this, will literally not allow you to go pay your cash rate instead in certain circumstances because, and, and they would prefer instead for you to use them where they would pay because they've negotiated these rates and there's all these other things behind the scenes that go into it. Yes, that is insane. And that is the I guess the you could tell them you don't example. have insurance, but then they're not going to see you. <laughs> yeah, well, see, that's, that's the craziness about this is how much influence that they have and the fact that yeah. they would contradict themselves so much. Like, why, why would an insurance company not want you to go take the cash rate? You know, like yeah. that makes no sense to me. But dude, there's all you, of these strings being pulled behind the scenes that I can't stand. And so that, you know, good, good on you, Mark. We'll talk about it in our meeting. Um, but it's going to be, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting thing to see him work through that because there's a lot of stuff he's going to have to deal with. Yeah. I'll try to bring us back to tech here in a minute. But something I've noticed a lot lately, curious if you have, um, but auto insurance companies are now... <laughs> trying to so i i witnessed a, a wreck the other day and i got called by mm -hmm. the insurance company of um the the people who the person whose fault it was and they were asking me a bunch of questions basically trying to put at least like 10 to 25 percent of the insurance payment responsibility on the person that got hit by trying to get me to say anything possible that that would prove that the person that got hit didn't do everything in their power to avoid getting run into. Absolutely bonkers. Have you heard this? That, have you seen this? And I, then I've I seen it not, two more times after that. That's insane. Uh, yeah. I honestly, to me, I listen, I recognize there's a business to be ran here. I, I am a supporter of capitalism. There is a level of integrity there that I just can't get behind and drives me absolutely insane. This is what should happen. When you have insurance and you get into a wreck and it's your fault, your insurance provider should just pay for the stuff. If Correct. it's the other person's fault, their insurance provider should just pay for the stuff. They when don't you get do sick that anymore. and you they go to the do doctor, that. 
whenever whenever you're you've been seen by the doctor, the insurance provider should pay it. Period. Like that's the way it should work. But there's too many weird, crazy loopholes and nuance involved in this. That's all wrong. Like that's just not okay. Yeah. So just a heads uh, up. I, I know I it's a it. it's a major side tangent, but if you ever get in a wreck and you ever ask somebody to be a witness for you or whatever, just be careful with all that because they will try to pin some percentage of that on you as your fault. Like this, this person got totally sideswiped. Person ran uh, ran a stop sign, and I'm sit, I'm running around the corner of this intersection. It's just in a neighborhood. Totally sideswiped this person, and they tried to blame it on the person that got hit and make them take twenty percent of the fault because they didn't break uh, for this person that just s- went 45 miles an hour through a stop sign. I'm like, y'all are nuts. That's, in, that's insane. Um, nuts. I, I can bring this yeah. back to a, a, a weird techie. It's not weird, but it's... <laughs> so if you... I, I don't know. This isn't a problem for me, but I, I will say that I, um, I do know people this is a problem for. I don't know how this works on like iMessage chats because my, you know, the, the application I use isn't, isn't native, but WhatsApp, Telegram, which, you know, we use uh, various others. You have group chats. Well, when someone joins or leaves, there's like a notification, right? That says mm-hmm. this person has left. Not necessarily that you'll get on your phone. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, depending on the app, but it'll show it in the chat that Aaron Bewley has left the TBP community chat or whatever it is. Never. And I, there's a, there, there's an element of pressure, I think, that kind of comes with that. Well, WhatsApp is actually letting people slip. They're, they're going to allow people to slip out of group chats undetected. And all that means is is not notify everyone that you it won't announce. Chat. Yeah. Yeah. It like won't announce it, which seems so simple. But I will tell you that there is a level what I've just witnessed, especially over the pandemic, like sort of almost like stress call caused by digital engagement that. That technology has never like technology providers have not considered because it's not obvious. Like it's not obvious right. that that would be a weird thing or a difficult thing for someone. But I will tell you that I have personally experienced it. I won't. I won't share the the anecdotes because they're they're for other people's personal reasons. But I I do know that this is a problem for some people just in general. So it's good to see them doing this. I, what, my question. No, it's been is, a problem for me too. I'll say I was going to say, has anyone else run run into this I type of stuff? Yeah, yeah. I won't give the exact example, but yeah. And there's actually a weird feature um, between, uh, between um, iPhone and Android where if you like thumbs up a photo or love a photo or whatever, in iOS, the person just sees the heart show up. If you unlike it or unheart it or whatever, the heart just disappears. They don't see it. But in Android, it says... You know, so and so removed a heart from this particular, you know, from this photo or whatever, <laughs> and it like calls you out hardcore. <laughs> hey, you know um, what's um what's interesting? Uh, this is very specific, but if you use Google Messages, so for any Android users out there, if you use Google Messages as your primary messaging application, they actually now will translate those messages and put the emoji on the message. Hmm. So just letting people know, like you can in a group chat, chat, and I actually didn't know this, but apparently for a while, maybe still, I'm not sure, maybe you can confirm, Aaron, whenever there's a group chat going and it's an SMS slash MMS based group chat because an Android person is in there with iPhone people, Whenever that message pops up and it'll say things like, you know, Aaron Bewley has liked this photo. Sure. Apparently that did that for everyone. I always thought that that only did that for Android people, but I'm told uh, that that, that actually isn't the case. Hmm. I don't, I don't recall. I'd have to go back and look at some of those. I don't think it, I don't think it does that for iOS. Maybe it does coming across if it's just an Android person. Or if it, yeah, if it I don't know. I, I, I've always yeah. thought, well, it's not true because I, I made it. I, I made it. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm like labeling people as an Android person. <laughs> what is that? Well, so we, I was in a, a work group chat, group chat, and I think I was the only Android user. And I just, I jokingly copied and pasted the message, and I said, "Russ has liked this image," and everyone was like, "Why did you just type that? We know you don't have it." But I was like, "Oh, I was just joking." I was like, "This is what this is what I see." And yeah, they yeah. said, yeah, we all see the same thing. And I was like, oh, oh, that, okay. Maybe. That, that was news to me. And Did so you- this was a big deal for people who it bothered, which I'll tell you, this is, uh, candidly, this has never actually bothered me. But for people that did, 
I, I was in a group text the other day and I, someone liked, you know, a photo or a, a comment or something along those lines uh, in the chat. And I noticed that my feature had been enabled because it's a, it's always a rolling release um, for me to actually get the emoji in there. I don't, I don't run into this problem that often because I'm in iMessage chats by default more often than not now anyways. But for people who haven't gone through the <laughs> extents that I have to enable that, it, I guess Dude. it's kind of a nice, nice feature. I was just telling you this story. I just got a text literally one minute ago. Hello, Aaron. This is Joe. Not sure if you remember me, which is funny when people say that because we've been texting. Like there's a whole text history between me and this guy. <laughs> this is the guy who got sideswiped. I was oh. just telling you this story. Last time we talked oh, he, was on Maybe my, he's in the chat right now. Who knows? <laughs> Last time we talked was on, was on my birthday back in March. And he just texted, this is Joe, not sure if you remember me, but you gave me your info as a witness to the March accident involving that teenager and myself on Branch Crossing. Yeah, this teenage girl was looking at her phone and went 45 miles an hour through a stop sign and hit this family, mom, dad, and, and the little kid uh, in their vehicle. Thankfully, no one was hurt. But dude, I was so pissed about that because she got out of the car. She didn't even act like anybody else existed. She called her dad and she's crying and she's like, I messed up my... Or, my car's messed up. She didn't even take responsibility for it. She said, my car's messed up. My car's messed up. Incredible. Not ever even making eye contact with the other people. Anyway, he says, long story short, my insurance company, State Farm, is going after her insurance company. So you may get a call from them. Thank you. Her insurance company was uh, was Allstate. So, dude. Battle of the insurance. Absolutely nuts. Allstate is still trying to put 25% uh, responsibility on this guy. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and open this up. Um, if we have any Allstate and State Farm listeners of the show, <laughs> I would love to have you come onto the podcast together and we will facilitate what we at SHI like to refer to as a smackdown, which Absolutely is going bonkers. to be a verbal competition between the two of you debating this topic on your own merit. So just putting yeah. that out there to the world, we would love to facilitate this for everyone. This so was this out. was like so they were heading out of a neighborhood. The road they were on was like four cars wide, and um, person's going the speed limit. This guy Joe and and you know his family, whatever. And I'm running I'm running down the street that the teenager's coming from, and I can see her just coming at us pretty quick. And right as I hit the turn to turn left, which is where Joe is coming from, she just flies right through the stop sign, hits the guy like. How in the world can you argue that 25% responsibility for this guy? He has no, yeah, that's no stop sign, no nothing. He's just driving speed limit. Wham! Out of nowhere. Nobody has that kind of reaction time. <sighs> okay. Sorry. Sorry. Pretty wild. What were we talking Pretty about? Wild. Oh, there was an article. Google tries publicly shaming Apple into adopting RCS. Did you see that one? It landed today. They're kicking off a new publicity campaign. Uh, today oh. to pressure Apple into adopting this, RCS, this the cross-platform messaging protocol. Uh, no, I wouldn't. Do, what do you have? Do you have a? Link this has been a long-standing issue. Yeah, it's been a long-standing issue. But I guess they're kicking off a new publicity campaign, is what it is. And so Android's out here, like uh, you know, at Android on Twitter, um, tweeted out, "iMessage should not benefit from bullying. Texting should bring us together, and the solution exists. Let's fix this as one industry." Green heart, blue heart, you know, whatever. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they've they've sort of been doing this for a little bit now because there was a yeah. there was some engagement with some executives from uh there there was these articles started being released about you know people being bullied for being having green text messages right um, when an Android person texts an iPhone person it's green on the iPhone and that was a problem there's there's all sorts of stuff that's gone into it like even. It was weird stuff like the shade of green didn't even follow Apple's required guidelines for apps. And it was a less desirable shade of green and all sorts of weird stuff like that. Right. So it caused all sorts of problems for people. And it, someone, New York Times or someone did this article on it. Well, it's, it caused this response from people at Google. They're like, man, if only we could fix this or if we could, you know, fix the the group message issues or sending media problems or all of these things that people look at, I guess, Android as like second class citizens for. And it's like, reach out to us, Apple will help you. That was someone that literally went all Aaron Bewley on them and just like personally <laughs> tweeted at, at the company. Right. And was like, Hey, we can do this. Like, let me help you. And so I guess they, you know, there was a lot of reaction to that. It sounds to me like what you're saying is 
they're just turning this into something official that like Google is doing through their actual like Android and whatever accounts, which is, uh, yeah. I don't know, it's pretty funny. I'd love to see it yeah. happen. I'm sort of, I'm starting to get to a point to where I don't care as much, mostly because John Nicholson is always throwing out smart ass remarks on Twitter every time I put him out there. And he's it, candidly, he's beating me down. And so it's like, I'm struggling with caring because I fixed the problem for myself, which is selfish, but I do believe right. that I think that this will this will be something that uh, I, th- I do believe it should happen. I hope it does happen. I don't know if Google's childish approach towards doing it is going to, but I do think it's kind of off- awesome. So when well, it's know, funny too, because like, it. yeah, we've I'm getting more and more spam just via text. The 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 spam I get the most often is people asking me about random house addresses and if I'm willing to sell the property. Yeah, and dude. it's always some unknown number. I have no idea who this person is. I have no idea who the address is. Whatever. It's just it's just a thing. Like, oh, I'm sorry, we had the wrong thing. And you know, are you trying to sell your house or whatever? And you're just like, okay, whatever. But the most common comments I'm seeing on this, you know, this RCS fix is uh, here's a quote here. And the rest of the world rolls their eyes and goes back to WhatsApp, right? And <laughs> like we communicate on Telegram all the time. Like we're fixing these problems ourselves because we can't rely on the um, the, the, the co-opetition, um, you know, the, the, the companies to work together. Yeah. It's, it is only an issue in the U S where the predominant way of texting someone is just with whatever the default application is on your phone. Right. That's, yeah. that's the reality. All right, dude, we got to shut it down. I got to roll. Yeah. This was I'll, awesome. I'll shut it down, but I did want to make an announcement. Obviously we're trying to get back in the swing of things after the epic long, uh, trip that Tyler and Aaron went on for the for the summer, which we'll need to hear about on a, on a subsequent pod. Uh, but I want to say that we are trying a different schedule. So we're uh, it may or may not affect it depending on whenever you're listening to it. But instead of a three-day-a-week cadence, we're moving to a two-day-a-week cadence that we're looking to try and do on Tuesdays and Fridays. We think it will give us better spacing for news articles, hopefully be able to commit to it a little bit better. But anyways, just little changes to the schedule. But otherwise, that'll do it for another episode of the Tech Breakfast Podcast. Thanks for joining. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing, telling your friends about it. And thanks for listening to us a whole bunch of times whenever we weren't here during the summer. Uh, That's pretty cool. That was nuts. Y'all came out. They did. That was crazy. Massive spike. Okay. All right, y'all. Peace. Love you. Bye. Later.